0: This week on the Unabated Podcast, Establish the Run's Drew Dinkmeyer joins the show to talk about building NBA projections and how life is as the head of content for NBA at Establish the Run. It's a great show. Let's get to it. If the guy goes unabated, that's a new word, unabated, that's a too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's a bigger word. I don't know. Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Unabated Podcast. I'm Thomas Violin. joining me as always, he is back from vacation and looking a little tanner for it, Captain Jack. How was your vacation, my friend? Oh, good, Tom. Good to be back. I was down there in Key West.
1: Uh, I, I did get a little sun, probably not that you can tell. Uh, I did grow a little bit of a beard here. It's not quite the Ernest Hemingway beard. Uh, he's, a, he's a famous Key West resident. Uh, but yes, had a great time. Key West is is a pleasurable experience. And anyone who hasn't been there, I, I strongly encourage you in, in visiting.
0: Yeah, uh, I I was definitely jealous of the vacation photos coming through. I had a good weekend though. Uh, shout out the uh, shout out to Kevin, an unabated subscriber who dropped into the Discord and said, "Hey, uh, I'm in Vegas for the weekend. I'm traveling by myself, and I got comp two tickets to tonight's Knights game. Anyone want to go?" And he hit me up, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to a Knights game." And so we went. We had a great time. We got to sit in the penalty box for warm ups, which was sick. Uh, it was a blast. It was a good weekend, but. To get into the betting today, we've got a great show in store. We've got Drew Dinkmeyer from Establish the Run coming on to talk with us. But we've got some new kids on the block and some new news in terms of ways that you can wager with air quotes, yeah. money. Air quotes. W- ways that you can uh, potentially win money uh, through sports. In uh, in terms of DraftKick's new Pick 6 tool, uh, it'll look eerily similar in DFS products to Guys like Prize Picks and Underdog stuff that you know, but the big difference, this paramutual payout structure. What do you make of all this? Because it certainly seems different enough to really stand out from the market. But how is it for the better? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, make no mistake. This is DraftKings taking a shot at Underdog and Prize Picks
1: and trying to do so with this DFS product, which is clearly parlay betting as well. Um, but the setting it up in kind of a person versus person paramutual pool. And anyone who's ever done any horse betting, they're familiar with paramutual pools. And the thing that's kind of weird about paramutual betting is you don't really know your exact payout until the factor of, of how many people have what bets in, in the total pool. And so this is an opportunity for a little bit of game theory. So it's, it's kind of two-sided. We have the approach of like, okay, I need to pick the correct over or under in these, these prop bets. But also I need to think about what other people are playing. And you know, if you can find a contrarian point of view and you can go six for six, uh, you can get some pretty big payouts. And when you think about it, what does the public like to do? Well, they like to see things happen. We've talked about that all the time. And they like to bet overs. And so if you're more of a contrarian unders type person, you might find some value in using pick six uh trust me, we've been kind of thinking about this internally for a while. We got some cool stuff coming out related to DraftKings Pick 6 at Unabated. For now, we've already created this, uh, this Pick 6 tool that is very similar to the uh, DFS tools that we've built for Prize Picks and Underdog. That'll help kind of guide you to where the EV is. But also, um, you know, we got some more things coming out in the future about the game theory of it all. And I think it's an exciting thing. Anytime there's innovation in the market, whether it be for DFS or sports betting, uh, it's always worth looking into and kind of being a first mover into those situations.
0: Yeah, for sure. You can spot the inefficiencies, spot the things that are new, and hopefully make a little cash. But today, Jack, we're here to talk about NBA projections. We're here to talk about work it, establish the run. I'm excited to talk to Drew Dinkmeyer. It's going to be a good show. Should we get to it? Let's get to it. Then now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into the show. ETR Establish the Runs, head of NBA content, Drew Dinkmeyer. Drew, thank you so much for being with us here today. How have you been? How are you doing?
2: I'm great. Uh thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk about uh my role at ETR and, and betting on the NBA.
0: Yeah, we are so excited to talk about it as well. I mean, one of the things, we do a lot of one-on-one demos with people here. And one of the questions that I always get when they're using the unabated tools, they see the prop simulator and they go, oh, what do I do for projections? Do I use, uh, like, like how do I get projections? And the number one answer is always, well, if you want the best, you're going to have to go to ETR because that is the gold standard. And I'm excited to dive into that today. Jack, it's going to be a fantastic conversation here.
1: Yeah, you know, I've really been looking forward to having Drew on because uh, Establish the Run, ETR, they've done a great job of kind of working out this. Uh, they, they have their feet on both sides of the line here. With It's a tremendous value to DFS players, and it's also a tremendous value to sports bettors who are playing player props. So, uh, Drew, first of all, let's dive into a little bit of your background uh, how did you get into DFS, where you've certainly made your, a name for yourself, and then subsequently, how did you get started with ETR?
2: Yeah, so the DFS thing, I was I was trying to figure out a way to make fantasy sports a living, and uh, there really wasn't a great path at the time. I was working in finance, but I just had this obsession and passion with fantasy sports. I've been playing since I was like nine years old, hand-calculating stats uh, in my first fantasy baseball league, and I was writing for a season-long website called Fantistics uh, at the time, Insider Baseball and InsiderFootball.com. They were known for draft software and I was writing blurbs and content. And I had a subscriber keep emailing in asking about who the best pitcher was each day. And after like the fifth day in a row, I was like, I don't understand what kind of league you're in that you can keep trading for the best pitcher each day. So like, what's going on here? And he pointed me to daily fantasy sports. And so I read an article online about a user turning $60 into $60,000 and immediately ego got the best of me. And I decided I could, uh, I could try to try my hand at that. So after many $60 deposits, I eventually uh, got decent at DFS.
0: And so you found your way all the way into being the head of content and ETR. What is, what is a day? Like what, what does that job entail?
2: Yeah, it's. I'm basically responsible for everything that comes from ETR that's on the NBA side of things. So, content wise, projections wise, uh, the props that we're sourcing for customers, everything that's NBA related, I'm responsible for. So, you know, a typical day for me during the NBA season is. Um, sort of waking up and getting to work around 9 or 10 and essentially just working on projections all day long, mixing in content. We've got podcast shows on our YouTube channel Monday through Friday. We do an injury report analysis show where we break down what we're expecting in that night's slate based on the injury report. Then we do a DFS premium show behind the paywall at 5 o'clock. In between, I'm just doing projection work and sourcing bets and basically using um, a combination of. The projections work that my team has done because i have a big team of, of people that that work on this as well with me that i that we couldn't be as successful without all of their contributions um but just trying to find the best opportunities in the market to pass along to our subscribers
1: so now a lot of our unabated users have found you know some of the, the best their best course of action is to go to etr when the daily projections drop at 5 p.m eastern uh, take that CSV file, upload it into our prop simulator, request that green play button, and like all of these edges pop up mm-hmm. on the screen, and then it's just a feeding frenzy. Uh, did you ever envision when you were getting started in creating these projections that this is what it would become that there's <laughs> this, you know, there's this ready set go mentality of, the, of like blitzing these player props each each day?
2: No, never anticipated this, didn't really, I mean, I was just trying to make the best projections possible for you know DFS purposes, and then opportunities arose where it was clear that these projections could be useful in another manner, and there was another market that we could tap into. It certainly puts a lot of pressure on the projections each day, knowing that people are using them in that way. Um, and obviously, while the unabated distributions and, and modeling are are really, really strong and useful, they uh, they're different from our modeling, our internal modeling, right? Because our internal modeling will know all the biases that we have in our projections um, and where we where we've projected things historically. So we'll have different things that might show as like very clear bets on unabated or any other distribution simulator that you're using, but would not show as a clear bet for us at least for our thresholds and different things. So it's a very interesting process to know, and like we can see edges uh, in advance, obviously, and we know what people are gonna run to and bet in the market. And some of it, you wanna be like, hey, we're not so sure on that thing, but you can't really communicate in the same way. So um, Mm -hmm. it's definitely difficult. I have no no prior experience of working in a sports book or anything like that, but I imagine it's similar in terms of setting lines and having to defend a board uh, that you just feel extremely sensitive to all of the work that you've put out uh, and how it's getting used.
0: And when it comes to, oh, go ahead, Jack.
1: Oh, I just wanted to kind of tail on that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that process, if you can. We, you know, we don't want you to give away all the secret sauce, and it sounds like there's a lot of secret sauce to be give away anyway, but what, where does the process start for you guys when it comes to building these projections?
2: Well, it starts with a foundation on understanding player baselines and how we can interpret interpret samples and what samples um, are predictive in terms of impacting player performance going forward. And then honestly, the thing that a lot of people don't like to hear is it's a lot of manual work. Um, One of the really challenging things about projecting the NBA is the amount of person hours that it requires to do so. Um, We've got a team of seven or eight people working on things at all times across all time zones and we have uh i would say for each each day we have about 12 to 16 hours scheduled starting the night before on minutes projections um so with multiple people overseeing them and running through them and then we have another 12 to 16 hours scheduled on baseline checks and rate adjustments for situations where players might be missing games and how teams adapt uh their play because of that. So and then we've got um my one of my you know business partners and Mike Gallagher who is one of our main content pieces and does a lot of the um writing for us as well. He also listens to every single head coach presser after every single game every day. So we are trying to cover every base possible and that's why there's not a lot of there's not a lot of competitors doing what we're doing because of the requirement, um, you know, that it, that it puts in place to be able to do it. So, so well.
0: Real quick, just on that note of the post game pressers, like it's valuable enough information that you're getting from this, that it's worth putting someone 24 seven on these.
2: Well, it's something that certainly, you know, it's something that Mike's always done Mm -hmm. and influenced his writing and his understanding of how coaches are thinking. And I would say that on the fringes, it, Probably, let's say if we put out usually around a 1,000 bets a year for for prop stuff, I'd say it probably strongly influences maybe 20. Um, So it's not a huge number of things, Mm -hmm. but we'll pick up things and leans and have a better understanding of which players might be more fragile in their situations in the rotation um, just by coaching comments and different things like that.
0: Now, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. (laughs) I... I was just going to ask, in in terms of uh, the difference between NFL and NBA projections and the art that goes into building them, how how much more difficult is it? Is it it that more difficult is the term or is it different? And is it a particular challenge that you have to deal with, with the fact that the NBA is unique in you don't know what is going to go on with the lineup and superstars could be announced out of a game, out of the blue an hour before, and then all of a sudden you have to completely redo your projections?
2: Yeah. So... It's in some ways more difficult, in some ways it's easier. So it's more difficult to do the work on the projection standpoint because it's every day. Um, As you alluded to, there are sudden changes in statuses that impact projections heavily that you have to adjust to. Um, But that's also what creates more opportunity in the market because it's harder to do each and every day. So like if you compare um, to our, our NFL products and whatnot, the projections in terms of the accuracy are just as good. <laughs> um they're actually like uh, just pretty much the same in terms of accuracy when you relative to the sport. The difference is the market is more efficient on the NFL side than the NBA side, and that's because there's more competitors who are able during the course of a week to do all of the work for an NFL slate as opposed to somebody who's able to do it each and every day, you know seven days a week for all the different NBA games and all the different NBA situations that are thrown at you.
1: How many uh, here's a, a question out of, out of the blue. How many sports books do you think subscribe to ETR and use that to to help set their lines?
2: Uh, To
0: set their lines? Well, I guess to modify the lines. Yeah. I I, I can tell you for a fact, I was at a Golden Knights game the other night, and we ended up actually with an unabated subscriber who happened to just say, hey, I've got an extra ticket and I'm in town. So that was awesome. But we ended up by pure chance sitting next to someone who was a trader at one of the books and he was like, "Yeah, we have all the tools, and we have ETR, <laughs> we have all that stuff."
2: Yeah, I'm. It's been information has been passed to me that that they're representatives of most books um, as subscribers to our to our projections and um, sitting in in the Discord waiting for us to release bets so that they can figure out what they need to do.
1: Well, it makes sense. So, uh, so now I mean, I'm impressed by you know a seven person team putting hours and hours into these projections it makes me feel like the point you made earlier drew that sometimes the the numbers don't tell the whole story is is absolutely correct if you have that many people kind of focusing on this there's got to be a lot of qualitative information that can't get relayed in just a simple you know projection uh yeah. so that's uh, that's impressive um if you were to if you were to talk to somebody who is getting into props and maybe they're more of a do it yourself for type of person. They like to kind of solve the logic puzzle for themselves. Where would you tell them to start when it comes to building their own prop model? Uh, for, we'll talk for NBA specifically.
2: Yeah. I would say, you know, the first thing, get really good at projecting minutes. If you, if you're really trying to start on your own, I would, you know, maybe take a team or two that you are focused on and really try to understand the rotation ins and outs really heavily try to understand and take in coaching quotes and comments and see how that influences how you project the minutes each and every night. From there, you can do some elementary stuff on understanding players, um, points per minute and rebounds per minute and different things like that. Um, that'll give you very rudimentary projections that'll maybe get you in the ballpark the challenge with NBA is really understanding the context of how statistics are accrued. And it's really challenging because players are just shuffling in and out of the lineups really um, frequently. And as a result, getting the baseline work done um, requires a lot. And so we have multiple data scientists that work on all of our algorithms for projecting future baselines for players. That part I think would be difficult for somebody doing it on their own, unless they had a heavy modeling background. On their own, mm-hmm. but um, that the focusing on really dialing in the minutes and then understanding the context of situations as well. Um, how many game, how many games have play, have teams played in recent days? Um, how might that impact a rotation? Different things like that are probably areas that you might be able to find some some micro edges.
1: How how well do you need to know the the players in the game? In other words, could I approach it? I, I I kind of famously say, I just don't know even know who even plays these games. It's all numbers to me. Right. But, do you need to know the players in order to be a player prop better?
2: I think there are instances that it's extremely important. Um, once you start getting... So what I think a, a novice person, what they would do is, where they'll make some mistakes, is if they see a player is ruled out, they might go to the depth chart and just sort of replace that player one for one as like, oh, the point guard is out. This next point guard is in line. They will now take over all those minutes. And in some cases that's accurate, but in other cases they view that point guard as like a totally different type of player in terms of how they're using them. Some teams have very specific roles, both offensively and defensively, that when a player goes out, it changes the entire structure of the rotation. And so that's the part that kind of knowing the ball and, and knowing like if players can create shots for themselves, if players are considered a primary defender, how losing this player will impact the other pieces in the rotation. That's really where a lot of the edge lies in. Now it gets translated to mathematical numbers in terms of projecting minutes and different things like that. But that's where a lot of the the understanding of, of player roles and skill sets uh, really applies.
1: I've been guilty of exactly what you just said. <laughs>
0: So, uh, of course, we, we've talked a lot about traditional DFS, but when it comes to prop betting and daily fantasy in this day and age, there's the very intertwined market of uh, the DFS pick 'em tools, uh, the DFS pick 'em stuff that's out there now that we see. DraftKings just launched their new pick six. We've got prize picks and underdog in the space, and of course, several other players and some dealing with some drama right now. But wh- where do you see this advent of? Df of, of the new DFS coming where it's not really P2P and you're playing more against the house. Where, where, where do you see this going? Do you see it continuing to grow? Because it's been on a fantastic upward trajectory or do you see it becoming an issue as more states embrace sports betting?
2: Yeah, it's a really great question. I you know if I, This is not my area of expertise in terms of the regulation and, and where things will head in the future. I will say just generally having different game types is always interesting. And especially when you have a mix of peer-to-peer and then you verse house type game types, that gives users and customers opportunities to kind of find their own niche and specialize in that. So I think having more opportunities for those things is great. Where it goes in the future, I don't know. Um, and our business model at ETR is really our, our foundational process is like, if we just get the projections really good and really right, we'll let the market figure out whatever games people want to play with these projections and we'll figure out a way to be able to service the market. But the most important thing for us is just to put as much resources and energy into figuring out how to project the players and eventually the games as best we can. And if we're able to do those things effectively, then whatever the market comes out from a product perspective, we'll be able to serve the customer.
0: I'm also curious when it comes to prop betting. Like obviously, we've seen the popularity just exploding. It's getting so much bigger right now. On the projection side, have you found that with this increase that the market is getting more efficient, more quickly? Are you finding that you're losing the edge or having to change your process a little bit more, more frequently than you have in the past? So I think it's
2: it's a twofold question because I'm servicing both daily fantasy customers and mm-hmm. you know prop prop betting customers and so from the daily fantasy perspective the game continues to evolve even as projections get more accurate the game just changes in terms of the game theory aspects of things so that's a game that's like continuously evolving and really interesting from a peer to peer perspective in terms of the props and the projection side of things we definitely see things move a little bit more efficiently but at the end of the day like it's such a small market compared to um compared to the NFL and yeah. a lot of our season overlaps with the NFL and so Wolfs we'll, in with you know the current the way that sportsbooks operate currently where they'll be so aggressive in limiting customers it, you know they're not they're not showing much of an, an incentive to try to learn how to how to set the market you know substantially better they're out it's just like we're just going to limit people at the end of the day and not deal with it so i think we have seen things tighten up a little bit on the nba side but I would say that we've seen more tightening on the NFL side than on the NBA side in terms of how the sports books have responded to setting setting lines.
1: Yeah, you know, I agree with that. I, I really feel like some of these sports books would rather do the knee jerk reaction of of limiting players rather than try to get get sharper at making lines. And I really hope a sports book comes along and says, "Okay, this is an area where we could." take the lead we could be the sharp book for player props the the traditional sharp books out there the the circus bookmaker pinnacle Prime, they're not really looking to book prop action they want to make very, their money very with limited the, menu
2: yeah, yeah they mm-hmm. want to make money with menu. the sides
1: and totals for big money they don't they don't care too much about props and you can see that you know i think pinnacle had 250 dollars limits on props for years um it's just not part of their business plan uh but I guess that kind of leads to the other question of like, where do you see this going in terms of prop betting? You know, we we just talked about the innovation that's happening in the DFS space, the, the quote, quote DFS space. Can we see that same kind of innovation, do you think, in sports betting in the traditional markets? Or is everyone just going to, you know, same game parlay is where they've topped out <laughs> on their their innovation?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. I know that, you know, I'm sure they'll it's the industry's still quite young in the states, so I'm sure there will be some innovation over time. I, right now, we're still in this space where the sports books are kind of fighting for for property and and fighting for um a user base. And and as we're in that space, we should hopefully see more innovation over time, right? Because that's what eventually should attract new users to trying out different opportunities. So I'm hopeful. I think the more nuanced games, the more new games that we get, the more new opportunities to wager and invest, um, the more there is an opportunity to find an edge early for people who are you know motivated by seeking out edges.
1: So you mentioned investing there um I, I one of the things that i i like about you drew is that you're giving back uh tell us about what the welly maker is
2: yeah so the welly maker is a annual charity drive that i've done for the last seven years now partnering with the great folks at charity water which is just such an incredible organization that inspired me uh, to take up this cause And they're an organization that is looking to eradicate the world's uh, water crisis, which there are a number of areas around the world that people just do not have access to clean drinking water. And the drinking water that they have um, ends up causing a lot of disease and shortens lifespan and also forces uh, young women out of uh, school simply because they are asked to go get water, which is oftentimes eight hours away for for these people to just collect water for a few days. And so, um Charity Water 100% of all of the donations that go to Charity Water go directly to water projects. They have separate donors that cover all the overhead costs of their organization. So any donation you ever make to Charity Water, you know it's going directly to a water project. Um and so I love that about them. And my whole thought process was, you know, I had really resonated with hearing the founder of Charity Water talk about how he had had this life of promoting in clubs. And that's what he was doing before he founded Charity Water. And he felt like he was just helping people with disposable income find ways to spend their disposable income. And he wasn't really making an impact on the world. And that really resonated with me, who was playing daily fantasy sports for a living and also providing content and analysis and projections for those who wanted to use disposable income to entertain themselves. And so I wanted to find a way to you know, leave my mark and make an impact in the world. And thankfully, um, the community is really risen up with me. The first year I did this, I was just hoping to raise $10,000, which at that time was the cost of a water project, the estimated cost of a water project. And I raised that within two days of launching the campaign. And so I realized that there was more to this community in terms of people who wanted to give, who wanted to support this mission. And so we're seven years strong now. We've raised just under $700,000 in total. My goal is eventually to raise over a million dollars for clean water. And then we'll see where we go from there. But the whole idea for me was I was fortunate enough to win one of these DraftKings Millie Makers and it changed my life. And so I'd like to be able to find a way uh, to put that money back into changing a bunch of other people's lives.
1: Yeah. Uh, Look, there's a lot of people that have made a lot of money from the sports betting slash DFS slash advantage gambling. And it's not... A career that really contributes to society, and a lot of us have this layer of guilt uh, of of not having contributed enough. Uh, and this is one way to to alleviate some of that guilt. Yeah. To be honest with yeah. you, and uh, I applaud you for starting this initiative among the the, the crowd you're in. And I think there's um, I, I think there needs to be more of it. And uh, so uh drew i appreciate that and i hope i can replicate it down the line as well
0: i appreciate the the warm comments there yeah that is absolutely fantastic do you, um do you have a link that people can go to I'll, I'll we'll be sure to throw in the description of the episode as well
2: yeah so if you um if you go to charitywater charitywater.org um and then i believe it's slash i'll find it right here um charitywater.org slash drew dash dinkmeyer. Um, you can find kind of my donation page. The Wellymaker just runs during the football season, but you can give via that page and it would be accredited to the lifetime amount that we've raised uh, through, but it wouldn't go to the specific Wellymaker campaign that's closed for this year and we'll reopen Wellymaker 8 next uh, September, but it would still count to the lifetime contribu- contributions that we've been making uh, towards a dent in the world's water crisis.
0: Awesome. Yeah, if anybody wants to go and give some of that cash back, I'm sure I'm sure many of the people listening here have been made a lot of money by you Drew over the years with these MBA projections here. If anyone does want to donate, we will have a link to that description. Yeah, to link to that site in the description of this video here. And Drew, thank you so much for the time today. It was a fantastic conversation. We really appreciate having you on. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here again. Drew, thank you so much for the time. Jack, it has been fantastic as always. You guys can catch Drew and all of his work on Twitter at Drew Dinkmeyer. And of course, over at Establish the Run, your go-to source for projections. They're the ones that I bet with through football season and the NBA season. um, Because I am simply nowhere near able to make my own numbers like that and you guys do a fantastic job so thank you so much of course you guys can check out unabated.com as well you know the drill if you like the podcast leave a five-star rating leave a review tell your friends if you didn't like the podcast tell your enemies trick them into listening to us instead we appreciate you being here we will be back next week but for now that is going to do it best of luck everybody and let's cash some tickets